There will be no vomiting in my pool. No promises. You're listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 187, side A. And we screwed up because we should have done Samuel L. Jackson's 187 That's for this okay. episode. Cue awesome music. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. This being a side episode, mm. this being a side A episode means we will talk about pop culture, entertainment news, movies, music, books, Florida, whatever caught our eye this week. My name is Hondo Clamdigger, and I'm joined by Twig Giggleberries. And a man who took Viagra and only got a stiff neck. I don't like to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) This week we're going to talk about Cruella, Black Keys blues cover album Delta Cream, and season five of Lucifer. (laughs) Okay. A lot of variety this week. It's very. Absolutely. Uh, okay all right so this is a review show and there will probably be spoilers and sadly i'm going to get some of those spoilers today because uh, i'm a little behind we're going to try to avoid major twists you are a little behind i I have a great behind actually so if if we're talking (laughs) if we're talking about something you haven't seen read or listened to yet leprechaun then use your own discretion. Much like the leprechaun, use your own discretion if you really want to take the time to watch that. Yeah. But in the meantime, can you spoil some news? I am very excited to ruin Rob's evening. Oh. How so, sir? Well, there's nothing that is better than angry Rob. (laughs) And one of the things that makes Rob angry is when... There's a show that ends in a, in a big cliffhanger. Oh, God. Uh, what show most recently did you watch that ended in a big cliffhanger? Debbie Does Dallas? Is he going to come or isn't he? <laughs> um, uh, it was uh, Jupiter's Legacy. Yes. And it will stay that way because it is not getting renewed. <laughs> Are you serious? Wow. What happened? Uh, I don't know. It's been out for a month, almost exactly. And Netflix is not renewing it. Uh, they've already let the leads go from their contracts. Um, that's Josh, du- uh, Josh Duhamel or Josh Duhamel. Ju- Josh, Josh Duhamel. Yes, that. Leslie Bibb and Ben Daniels. See, Leslie Bibb and Ben Daniels, they're good with me because I can say their name. Uh, they've all been released from their contracts. Uh, the writer, a comic artist, or comic writer Mark Miller... Uh, said that we're confident we'll return to it later. Uh, he said to uh, this was in uh, uh, if they were confident they were going to return to it later, they probably yeah. wouldn't have let everybody go. Yeah, yeah. that's weird. This was uh, de- from the magazine Deadline, um, and 
He also thinks it could lead to a different iteration for the series where they cover past stories or other characters or things like that. But the big uh, cliffhanger at the end, if they ever do solve it, it's going to have to be solved in comic book form. Wow. And that was And good. that's surprising because I, I thought it was... I thought it was pretty good, and I thought it did it not do well, or I don't know, maybe not as well as it needed for its budget. Or there was a lot of grumbling just because of so many superhero things coming out the same week, mm-hmm. or same month. So maybe that. You think it got like overshadowed? Possibly, or, like... or it was just good, but not as good kind of conversation. You know, it came out the same weekend as Invincible, I believe. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. That was kind of where, where it all but fell. I thought it was good, though. Like, overall, it was a good show. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I was actually looking forward to the next season. Yeah. I'm also looking forward to the next season of something else that we'll get to later. Do you have, uh, are you angry? Do you have a rage boner? <laughs> well, maybe not rage, but. <laughs> <laughs> Try to keep it up as much as possible. That's, yeah. that's good. That's right. But it. it was good, and I actually thought Josh Dumel Dumel, am I saying that right? Yeah, because in my like, what I recollect from him with with other movies is he was always like a, I don't know, like a romantic comedy guy or whatever. But he really did well in that movie. Like I think I thought all the actors were like, I don't know. I just thought overall it was good. I'm really surprised by this. The the one thing I didn't really like about Jupiter's Legacy, and I don't think I even mentioned this when we covered it, was the the aging the the makeup and stuff i thought looked um bad (laughs) i guess is the best way to say it i did i didn't like the look of it it did look like halloween aging like right someone going out for halloween so they get that silver spray paint and spray paint their hair right right and the and i I think my biggest complaints was actually or the things i didn't like the most were the the hairstyles for demel and his brother God, who played his brother? But uh, for for Demel's Cosby. Car- what's Bill that? Cosby. Bill Cosby. Yes, I don't like Bill Cosby's hair. But um, I, I didn't like the hairstyles for them. I thought they looked they looked fake. Um, the I didn't like the hairstyle for the young version of his wife. I thought she looked horrible with that haircut, and I'm like, why would you do that to yourself? Um, but that's not enough to like. And the series. No, 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 not at all. But like because I said, that was real for the daughter made up for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I like I said, that was really it. kind of my only complaint about it. I, I actually, I actually really enjoyed that show, but yeah, that, that actually does surprise me a little bit. I'm, it I is surprising. And I am sad Netflix, that it was canceled. And Netflix is not quick to cancel shows. I mean, they they've canceled I mean, they one do. show twice. <laughs> Wait, what? What did they cancel twice? Oh, well, I mean, after... Okay, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, that's fair. Spoiler alert, Lucifer is getting a season six. Excellent. So what, uh, what other news do we got here? Um, as of tomorrow... On the 4th, the Avengers Campus will open up at Disney's California Adventure. It is a, it is a Marvel-themed area. 
They can't open it here in Orlando because I believe Universal owns the rights to Marvel for theme parks east yes. of the Mississippi. Yes. So on the East Coast, Universal owns the rights to Marvel. Um, but they can open it up in California where they don't have a whole lot of space. So they're opening it up in California Adventure. And from what I understand, it's very small. But they've done a very good job packing as much as they can into it. It does have two rides. It's got the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, which is essentially they took over uh, Tower of Terror. So it's essentially the Tower of Terror ride with a Guardians of the Galaxy theme. Okay. The, the other ride is Web Slingers, which if I understand it correctly, Greg, you've been to Legoland, right? Yeah. You've ridden the Ninjago ride where you have to like chop stuff. Four million times. It's basically that all, ride. That is my child's all-time favorite ride. In fact, I literally rode it twice just like uh, last Saturday. It's it's basically that ride where you have to like throw webs and you know stick your arms out so that it can read your movements and stuff. That's It's kind of exhausting after a while. It, it really is, but the other thing is, is it's kind of – it's not accurate. I mean it, you – it doesn't read every movement. You have to like do the same thing like a million times, and it's yeah, it's really hard. Yeah, yeah. As Greg is giving me the masturbatory signal, um, <laughs> it's. Uh, I thought that was to me. Unless they've improved it, I. I mean, I don't know that it's something that I'd be all jazzed Lying on. To California for. Yeah, I'm not driving to California for that shit. Quick aside, because. You said they took over the Tower of Terror to put in the Guardians of, Gal- of the Galaxy, right? Mm-hmm. How do you – because I know – I mean, we're all big fans of the theme parks, right? How do you feel about mm-hmm. that when they, like, take take away something iconic like Tower of Terror? Well, Tower of Terror still exists at Hollywood Studios. Um, they oh, just okay. I don't, don't know the layout in California, so – yeah, they just they just don't have it any longer in California. And they haven't it's it's actually been there for I want to say 2 years now. It it took over Tower of Terror like 2 years ago. Um they are opening a Guardians of the Galaxy themed ride here. Um it's not open yet, but it's going to be at Epcot. It is a it. massive ride. Really? Where in Epcot? Yeah. Where are they going to put it? As you walk in, it's yeah. to the it's it's where the Universe of Energy used to be, I believe. Oh, I love that ride. Oh, to the left. Yeah. Yes. Oh God, I love that ride. Uh, Epcot, so, but it is a ride. massive structure. That ride that, is so long. Universe that they have that they have constructed out there. So that'll be neat when that opens. I don't even know what the what the actual open date for that is. I'd have to look that up. But um. Well, we're there. <laughs> so. Yeah. I I mean I do I do love it when the theme parks go all in on these themings. Like in my opinion, one of the best ones is still uh Universal's Diagon Alley. Diagon Alley, they did such an amazing job of doing the theming and setting everything up to make it look and feel like like the Harry Potter area, like Harry it, Potter world. It really is amazing. That train ride is incredible. Yeah. Like everything really about is. that whole area is amazing. Like I had family from Germany. And they were just blown away by it. Like, they were so happy that they got to see it. <laughs> like, and, and I love so it good. when theme parks go all in on their theming and their immersiveness, where they try and, like, draw you in. It's, it, and, yeah. it really does create some really interesting scenes. In German, they were all saying, like, we used to think that Omar was an embarrassment to us, but he got us on this ride, so. <laughs> 
access to Europe again in the future. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys have seen it, but have you seen the trailer for... Uh, I think it's a movie. I I want to say that I thought it was a series at first, and then I think I just looked it up and, and saw that it's like a movie. But it's due out the 25th of this month, and that's Werewolves Within. Have you seen that? No. I have not. The The trailer looks super fun. It It's a werewolf movie, and it looks like it's kind of a comedy. Um, a A park ranger or sheriff's deputy or whatever ends up ends up in this small little town that has a werewolf problem. I don't know and, if I've ever considered a werewolf problem. It's, it's <laughs> anti-werewolf. It's, we, we don't need that kind of negativity on the podcast. <laughs> this it's episode is brought solution. to you by the Werewolf Lobbyists of America. And it looks like it's kind of like a horror comedy, which I'm, I'm all in. It, 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 looks, it looks pretty amusing. If you guys get a, if you guys get a chance, you should totally check out that trailer. There's a uh, an unintended segue to my last little bit of news. Ooh, uh, you guys know the movie Bring It On, right? Yes. Like oh, it's already been brought in. Yeah, see, brought in. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I was. It's okay. It's for what it is. It's the first one's pretty good. You know how many of those movies there are? There's of the Bring It On series. Yeah. I want to say there's like seven or eight of them, isn't there? There are seven. What? Yeah, I know, right? I'm I'm embarrassed that I knew that. <laughs> I thought there was this like three. be the last episode that Rob attends. Uh, <laughs> well, there's going to be an eighth one. And this one is Halloween, Bring It On, or Bring It On Halloween, where they're actually turning Bring It On series into a slasher movie. Ooh. Wow. Which is why I'm talking about it on the podcast because okay. I wouldn't normally talk about this on the podcast, but it is going that to be might be something we'd have to watch. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be on the Sci-Fi Network, and it's going to be uh, it's being filmed now for Halloween of 2022, so it's a, a ways off. But basically, the 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 girls of Bring It On or whatever group this would be, uh, they are kicked out of their own gym, and they they decide to go and. Uh, work out or do whatever they're going to do at a like a rundown old like abandoned gym and of course they start getting murdered one by one or they start disappearing they said I don't know if they're going to be murdered they better be murdered um, better not be something cutesy and uh, it looks kind of fun so that's really funny because that show that means that that series has been around for so long that series of movies I should say that the cast from the original bring it on already have children <laughs> yeah <laughs> that are close to the age where they could be in bring it on <laughs> yeah that's true that's, that's true. crazy i didn't know they had that many um i i could watch the slasher one that's fun <laughs> that's definitely one way to make it to regionals <laughs> <laughs> so i was i was kind of excited about that i was like that's a good idea all right well i guess i'll Head into WTF. Hey. Indeed. So embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Florida. This one is not so much of a uh, of a happy story. Um, I did decide to use it because the the person involved will make a recovery, it says. Um, but today's story 
centers on a 10-year-old Miami boy and his dumbass father. <laughs> so a 10-year-old Miami boy had this great idea to do some drive-by shootings with his paintball gun because he was playing paintball with his friends, and, you know, that's apparently what you do in Miami. And what could possibly go wrong with that? Well, after repeated begging, the father finally gave in, and this moron decided that it was it. Well, I'll give you his name. Michael Williams, 26, thought it was a great idea to be driving around doing drive-by paintball, paintball shootings with ski masks on. That sounds what like could, fun. What could possibly go wrong in Miami? Well, what ultimately went wrong is that somebody saw them doing a drive-by, thought it was a real gun, pulled out their gun, and shot the kid. The kid then lost his balance, fell out of the van, and was run over by his father's van. I didn't, I didn't see that part. And this... <laughs> This is why you should have to take a test to be able to have children. <laughs> because this guy's a moron. Your child really wants to go on a drive-by shooting. Do you, A, tell him no, send him to his room, and never let him out again? <laughs> or, B, yeah. do it. Put, go out and get uh, face masks, and then do it. There's... The yeah, the boy so was hospitalized after the shooting, but he's expected to recover as of Monday afternoon. That's insane. I, I just I, I don't understand the thought process on where, as a father, you get on board with this idea. And I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. I know he shot a kid, but the guy who shot the kid is not at fault in this situation. Mm -mm. It is it is very unfortunate that he shot a kid, yes. But there should be absolutely no charges pressed against this guy. I doubt they will. It's a weird God. That's a weird story. I don't. I don't understand. And assuming, and I hate to say it, but if he's a single father, they really should reevaluate that situation. Yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Agreed. So, Mr. Michael Williams, you are this week's Welcome to Florida, you dumbass. That's, that's, when I first read that story, I didn't see that it was in Florida. And then I, then I saw the tagline, you know, the, the dateline thing. Miami, mm -hmm. or whatever. It's a suburb of Miami. And I was like, well, I know what one Rob is going to pick. <laughs> well, and like I said, the only reason I picked it to cover it was because the kid is going to recover. Yeah, because we, we don't want to depress people. We just want to make people shake their heads. Right. If this if this had been if this had had a far more tragic ending, I I would not have talked about this at all. But th this guy is a fucking moron. He is a moron. Or my name isn't Twig Giggleberries. That's right. <laughs> so so Greg. Yes. When someone doesn't have less on, they have moron. Exactly. Well, but should people want to know what our topics are before we start, how can they do that? Yeah, they can call me. Oh, no. I see what you're doing here. Uh, <laughs> we have a Patreon. It's like you've never done this before. Yeah, well, you know. Every, every day is a new day for me. We have a Patreon. Yes, we're combating his Alzheimer's. 1,000 first days. very sad, actually. And, and you are? 
what am I doing here? Yeah. So if you guys like the show and you are done paying for large amounts of therapy because you like the show, you can donate some money to the show and help us out. And it's just $5. $5 will get you into our Discord chat where you can meet some crazy people. Good crazy. You can... What else can they do? They, they get an extra episode each month because they've reached that. Uh, they get a birthday, a birthday top five question. This is the Gimme Five podcast. We do birthday top fives. Or we do top five lists. And for your birthday, we'll do one about you. We just did one last week. It was hilarious. Almost we've got caused... another one coming up, don't we? Yeah, next week. We do. Almost Not caused real... the week after. Uh, no, I think it is next week. Because this it was the week after this week. Okay, we'll see. Uh, almost caused real urination. There's o- we almost made someone <laughs> pee their pants, which is good. Which is good. That's what we're here for. So she didn't. So it's a failure. <laughs> yeah. We'll try. We'll try harder next time. Uh, but there's a bunch of stuff, and you, of course, as Rob said, get to know what the top five list is before and as you will hear at the end of episode side B that people can actually write in and answer their with their lists. Uh, if you want to go a little more for the show, and it is most appreciated, you can become a patron of Unusual Size, which allows you to actually curate your entire episode. We have that coming up soon. We just got to figure out the timing on that. Um, and that'll be probably in the next few weeks. And, you know, we appreciate all of our patrons and our patron of Unusual Size, Alex. So thank you very, very much. Thank you, Alec. Check us out. Patreon.com slash give me five podcast. I want to talk about music now. Rob, can I t- now can I talk about music? Yes, you may. Okay. I'm gonna tell a story. No, no stories, just music. I'm t- I'm telling a story. <laughs> is it a musical story? It Are is. you going to present the story in the form of a musical? Does no. it rhyme? <laughs> it does not. But it does involve one person that is currently a host of this podcast. Hmm. Me? Despite, despite his shenanigans with picking terrible dinosaur movies. Hmm. Rob, is this you? <laughs> so many, many years ago. Oh, no. Our... A Sound of Thunder is all you, you bastard. <laughs> I'm trying to pass it up on anybody. And no, there's no takers. Fair uh, many, many years ago, Omar had a party. And this party was the one. It was the party that still people still talk about many, many years later. And the people being me, apparently. And <laughs> I... Craig is the only one that still talks about it. I'm probably the only one that still remembers it. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> There's a lot of craziness, <laughs> including someone that, that brought a special drink called Kermit Piss. Oh, my God. Which I don't I don't know what that was, but if you spilled it on the ground, it, actual steam would come up. It was it looked it was the same color as Kermit, tasted like piss, but it did the job. Yeah. Anyway, at the end, I stayed up all night because I couldn't fall asleep, and my pa- my parents were actually away that weekend, and Omar gave me a cassette tape to borrow. Um, and it was uh, Elmore James like oh, yeah. blues tape, and you let me borrow it. And I went home, and I was, like, half asleep. And this, it, I mean, Elmore James was, what, from 1920s? 19, even uh, that, Yeah, maybe? up until, like, the 40s, 50s. Yeah. But some of these old blues guys, it was, he's a blues guy, some of these old blues dudes, they 
they had uh, very poor recording things, and you could hear the creaking of the floorboards. You could hear all you know the all sorts of stuff just because the, they were recording in, in shacks for like real. So what would happen? What happened was I went home. I remember I put that tape on my parents' stereo, and I laid down on the on the floor with like a pillow, and was listening to it and I was like so woozy and out of my freaking brain from just not being awake that I, I felt myself in one of these like Mississippi shacks or wherever he was. I don't remember. I don't remember where he's from. Is he Mississippi or Illinois or um, Elmore James? Uh, I think he's more of a Chicago. Chicago, Chicago I don't remember because he's okay. more electric. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, that's the, the thing. So that began my love affair with the blues and I've loved the blues ever since. And so when they heard that the Black Keys came out with a blues album, and it's not their first blues cover album, they did, they had uh, another one, I think, the, the Get Up or something. Uh, I was like, oh, not only do I want to listen to this, I feel like talking about it. And I'm not sure, Omar, did you get a chance to listen to this yet? Uh, more than once. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, well, I've I've rambled. So what do you think? I mean, okay. Of so... the album, not of me. <clears throat> Like, you're a, a fucking idiot, but no. I was going to say you, <laughs> just because you asked, what do I think? You're spectacular. That's oh, what you. I think. Um, this record, uh, Delta Cream with a K. Yes. Right. Um, okay, so this is a Black Keys album of, for those of you familiar with that band, they do a bunch of covers of mostly Delta Blues guys. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like the Blackies doing Delta Blues covers. That is yeah. the that's the best way to describe it. If you know that band, um, I'm a huge fan. Um, just before the world lockdown uh, in November of 2019, they came down here to South Florida, where I am. I got to see them live. Totally awesome. It was an amazing show. Um, this record, for those of you that are fans, it's a little bit of a departure. I mean, it's the same sound. But they're doing covers of other people. So it's a very... It's a blues album that a garage band would make, but a really, 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 really good garage band. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, they're, they love vintage guitars. They love vintage amps. Um, I saw that tour as well. It was, it was incredible. The staging was awesome. It was the, amazing. The sound was great. I got to sit in an electric chair outside of the stadium, which was kind of neat. Um, yeah, so I, I agree. Uh, you know, you never, I think sometimes bands will do a blues album, like just to be like, oh, look, look how dark, how deep we are. And like, even really good bands, like you might see like an Aerosmith one or something like that. And you're like, uh, I don't believe that the same people that did, you know, dude looks like a lady feel the blues, but the Black Keys have really been uh, lo-fi for a long time. Well, okay. And you bring up a great point because you brought up like Aerosmith, right? I mean, Aerosmith's one of their main influences. I remember when Aerosmith inducted Zeppelin into the hall of fame mm-hmm. and it was, uh, Joe Perry and, uh, uh um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the singer, Steven Tyler, Steven really? Tyler. You, you flubbed on Steven Tyler. Wow. Yeah. 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 Cause I'm so in like black keys mode. So, oh, um, Steven Tyler and Joe Perry, they induct the the uh, Zeppelin and stuff, and they talk about how like Zeppelin is like one of their biggest influences, 
If you go back to Zeppelin, there's a lot of songs that they do that are very, very blues covers. And not just covers, but there's a lot of Zeppelin songs. There's a few Zeppelin songs that are literally basically word for word from like John Lee Hooker and those old guys, right? Yep. And like, let's put it this way. Zeppelin has been sued so many times. (laughs) Even back in the 70s into the 80s for literally just ripping off blues and like redoing it in their own way. Well, the difference between – it's interesting because you take John Lee Hooker and those guys and then you go to Zeppelin. And then from Zeppelin you go to Aerosmith. Well, from Aerosmith to John Lee Hooker, you're like two or three steps removed. But when it comes to the Black Keys, I feel like you're only one step removed. Yeah. And that's the difference. The difference between Aerosmith or somebody else doing a, 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 a blues cover album and the Black Keys doing a blues cover album is that the Black Keys are... I know that sounds bad, and a lot of people are going to be pissed at me for saying this. They're, influ- they're very much influenced by the blues. They're not just stealing it. Correct. The difference... Here's what I noticed was the big difference with this record. Because it's a blues cover album the sort of soul R&B slash funk-ish style of the Black Keys is kind of removed because they're doing blues covers. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like that 70s kind of soul R&B sound. I don't mean R&B like like modern R&B, like Rihanna and stuff. I'm not downplaying Rihanna. She's actually really talented. But what I'm saying is the early, what R&B was in the 60s and 70s sounds a lot different than it does today. And the black the black keys really draw on that a lot, and they they kill it. The R and B like soul funk sound, like uh, they do a great job of mixing that. Yeah. And this record, since it's a straight blues cover album, some of that is missing, but it's still very good. The one thing that I found was I don't want to use the word bad, but it it didn't land for me all the time. Was um, Dan Auerbach's voice like he sings at a high register and so do a lot of blues guys but I don't know what it was occasionally he doesn't have a bad voice but what I'm saying is it didn't always mesh well with me so like the big song from this record is the first one on the album it's called Crawling Kingsnake Crawling Kingsnake was a John Lee Hooker song originally it was like a Delta Blues guy and the version that when I was kind of researching this the Black Keys said that the Crawling King Snake version that they were introduced to as youths, right, was by a guy named Junior Kimbrough, who's a little bit later on past, um, who was also an excellent blues guy. But he's a little bit younger than John Lee Hooker, more electric sounding, even though John Lee Hooker did use electric guitars. But Junior Kimbrough has more of like a... I'll use the word updated for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. So that's the version that the Black Keys do, or I should say more like the Junior Kimbrough version. Um, and it's very good, like musically. It's just, it's awesome. Like it's, <laughs> like yeah, they've it's, got I've... that groove. Like they have the groove. But it's funny that they picked that song because Crawling Kingsnake has been done by like two dozen other bands, including like The Doors and um, Eric Burden from The Animals. Um, like just like really, like fairly well-known people have done that song. And that's not a song that you fuck around with because if you don't know what you're doing, anyone who knows this music, they're going to call you out on it right away. Like you can't just play with that song. 
and they kill it. Like they kill it. Uh, my favorite off of the record um, was it's called "Poor Boy: A Long Way from Home" by another great blues guy named R. L. Burnside, um, who's like from the seventies, eighties, and I think he even had a couple of records in the nineties. A lot of the, yeah, a lot of these guys uh, they've been around forever, and they really didn't start making money, like actual money and fame, till the nineties, which is interesting. I think it's when a lot of those like blues and jazz radio stations kind of took over. And then you saw those big blues festivals appear and, and things. Well, like even that. even Eric Clapton had a a really big blues covers album in like ninety three, ninety four. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when like Jimmy Page started coming back around again and like doing albums with David Coverdale. That's more rock. But what I'm saying is, blues started to come back. That's when Jimmy Page and Robert Plant started touring again. Not as Ze- Zeppelin, but as Page and Plant. That's a lot of blues influence there. I think you're you're right about that. That early '90s time period brought a lot of those guys out. Keb Moe, BB King. Keb Moe, BB King. I saw him like three times in the '90s. Oh, the first time I saw the Rolling Stones. Sorry, Rob. We've we've lost Rob completely because we're talking music, and he's he has disappeared off of the screen. <laughs> this is normally not, but we normally don't get to do this, so. He's apologize to any listeners out there that are, are not big into music, but well, you learned a lot is, about. Is while you were at that concert, could you in fact get satisfaction? Oh, I tried. God damn it! <laughs> Sadly, no. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Greg just, to this uh, day rebuffs me. <laughs> but uh, I remember. Uh, Good. Seeing the even the Stones, wow. uh, I think that was the it was like I think it was ninety four, and it was like the day I remember it was the day before Thanksgiving or no the day after Thanksgiving it was a Friday, and even the Stones at that show, one of the guests was Bo Diddley. Oh, nice! Yeah, oh, it was amazing. Oh. And I remember I didn't know it at the time, but that show was actually being broadcast on um, pay per view, so like Cheryl Crow came out, Bo Diddley came out, like all these amazing artists came out and did songs with the Stones. Carrot Top, that was weird. But. Carrot <laughs> And that, that's really funny. <laughs> um, it, it was a great, and that was actually one of the, it was actually the first concert that they did Sympathy for the Devil since Altamont in 1970. Nice. But that's not, but what my point is with Bo Diddley is they, they that was such a, like a blues time. And since that time, a lot of those guys have have passed. They're not yeah. with us anymore. Like BB King and all those guys are gone. Uh, Buddy Buddy Guy is still around. I think he toured last year or two years ago. Yeah. But um, I I love when bands that are popular like the Black Keys do stuff like this because I feel like they're helping. You know, or trying. Yeah, they're to opening help, up like, the eyes resurgence. of people, and um, they actually just as one one last little thing here. They actually use some of the musicians from some of these guys' bands. Correct. In this. So, uh, Junior Kimbrough's bassist, Eric Deaton, uh, played on the album, and uh, Earl Bernstein's guitarist, Kenny Brown, were also on the, was also on the album. So, um, if you are into blues, if you like the Black Keys, or if you just want a good, like, summer album to just, like, man, I've been sitting outside listening to this, and there's... Great. There's, like, I got a new Bug Zapper. And I'm like sitting on my patio watching these mosquitoes get sucked up into the bug zapper while listening to blues. And, you know, I almost forget about the pain that is my life because, you know, the pain of my life being friends with Rob. It's difficult, but the blues gets me through it. You know you love it. Yeah. So let let us move on. Since Omar and I talked a whole lot about music, 
it's time for Rob to talk a whole lot about Satan. Well, um, am I the only one who saw it? I'm on uh, season two. I I started rewatching season five, but like from the beginning, because I wanted to get. I love the show so much. I wanted to be like back into that storyline before I got into the second part of season five. Does that make sense? Well, I guess that means I need to try and be spoiler free. Um, Listen, do what you have to do. The honest truth well, is, you know, go with I'll, it. I'll start off with the basics. Uh, Lucifer actually had season five split up into two parts. And season 5B, if you will, was released on May 28th of this year. It streams on Netflix, obviously, and it stars Tom Ellis, Lauren German, Leslie Ann Brandt, Kevin Alejandro, D.B. Woodside, Rachel Harris, Amy Garcia, Scarlett Estevez, Dennis Haysbert. Who is who? Do you guys know who that is? Dennis Haysbert is from, um, I want to say ER. Right? What was he in? I, I don't. Oh, the, oh, He's the, yeah, the, 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 um, uh, the Allstate commercials. Yes, right? he's the Allstate yeah. guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great voice. And in Bar Lavi, the, the those are all the main players for this season. Um, and it, it's basically the continuation of the final season of Lucifer. <laughs> and And I've already spoiled that. Or is it? Because shortly after watching season five, I was like, is... Is there going to be more? Because it was my understanding that, that, that season it. five was the final episode yeah. or the final season. Yeah. They, in fact, extended Lucifer for one more season. Nice. We're going to get a 10 episode season six that has already wrapped production. That's the part that I love. And, and they, they found out as they were nearing the end of season five, thinking that this was all they were going to do. They found out as they were nearing the end of filming for season five that, hey, oh, by the way, I think actually we are going to do one more season of this. So they had to quick rewrite and change the ending to season five because they had, they had set it up to where they were happy with it, where they liked where the story went, how they were ending it. They were happy with it. And then all of a sudden they've got to go back and change it and alter it so that they can continue so the story extend it for one more season wow. and and the show writers and everything were like you know we we thought we were done we thought we had told all there was to tell with this with this storyline but as it turned out where where they were taking the story they said there were there was there was more to tell from these characters so they had another story lined up for season six and they went ahead and filmed it and and season six will be Interesting, because from what I read, season six, obviously being that they just wrapped production, season six went through COVID. So they filmed through the pandemic for COVID. So it's they said it was a little bit more intimate. They had a little bit smaller, uh, like set design and everything, and you know it was it was just it was just a smaller production. However, that being said, season six also has their most expensive episode to date. Season six. So there's plenty of. Yes, so there's plenty of production value to come. Huh. Um, but like I said, this season, um, season five is the culmination of the Lucifer-Michael feud that was going on for the beginning of season five, you know, where Michael was yeah. pretending to be Lucifer because they're basically identical twins except Michael has a scar on his face. And he has the arm thing, like he's got a little bit yeah. of a... Yeah, 
Yeah, but he but he can pretend to be Lucifer fairly convincingly from what you know from what I saw while I was watching the episode. Correct. Um, Except for some character things, but yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Or pers- I, I'm um, sorry, I should say personality things. Right. Right. The personality issues. So it's the culmination of the Lucifer Michael feud. God actually decides he wants to retire. So there's oh. there's there's some storyline involving that. We've got the the progression of the I'm gonna call it the the Clucifer relationship. Chloe Lucifer? Chloe. Is that a thing? Lucifer? Oh. Can I call that a Clucifer? Yeah. Lucifer? No, that doesn't work. <laughs> no. And and then of course some interesting develop developments with some of our favorite characters. Now, I really enjoyed this season. This 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 most recent one had, I believe it was an eight episode extension of seasons five. I believe it was only eight episodes. There were, there were a lot of emotional moments in these eight episodes. Far more than what I actually remember being normally in a season of Lucifer. There was, there was a lot more, a lot more, Dramatic moments, moments that brought tears to your eyes, moments that made you that made you jump up and cheer, moments that made you feel things. I hate it when people make me feel my feelings. <laughs> Nobody makes me believe my own blood. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and that's that's something that I hadn't really come to expect from this series, but they really delivered it with this most recent season. And I mean, just some of the things that that we have to deal with in the episodes. I mean, we've got we've got a celestial family dinner. Where God and his sons all sit down for dinner. Spoiler alert, it includes Linda, the therapist. Oh my god, I love her. And it's it's super awkward and it's just hilarious. Is we've got, who plays we've, God? Do you know? We we already the, chari- the, the actor. We already talked about that. It's Dennis Hayes. We did? Huh? Yeah. It's the Allstate guy. Oh, but I didn't. I didn't catch that. Okay, be, the reason I'm asking. Okay, here's why I'm asking. Because in a previous season, somebody else shows up, and it's implied that he's God, and it's it's somebody from another show that I love. That's why I asked. Right. He was, I believe, pretending to be God. Got it. Or he was, or he was mentally ill and thought he was God, uh, or maybe something, that. But it was so convincing. It. Yeah, it was Timothy Obenson yeah. from from uh, Psych. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Okay. So the guy who's actually playing God is the Allstate guy. Okay. But also in this season we get we get a musical episode, which is hilarious. Um, you've got you've got a very interesting admission from Ella, who is who is one of my favorite characters. She is so adorable. Oh my god, the core cast of this show, it's like the sexiest cast of any TV show I've ever seen. Like, like every male and like, female. Everyone is just gorgeous. Like everyone's beautiful. Is it just me, or is that the case? No, no, that is that is totally the case. Um, uh, Amy Garcia is one of my favorites, but oh, I mean, every, everybody. I mean, Linda German, Tom, even Tom Ellis, and um, oh, what's the guy's name that plays him in a deal? Uh, uh, DB Woodside. DB Woodside. They're, no, they're, yeah, DB Woodside. <laughs> I get little and known just, fact. I get mistaken for him a lot. Yeah. I don't believe that, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Not even remotely. <laughs> I don't look like a stunning black man. 
Because I feel like no. I did. <laughs> no. Well, there was there was that one time, okay. but you know the the litigation is still pending on that, and it was not a good look. I'm not going um, to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got like this really emotional episode, like the the penultimate episode. Oh my god! It it took me from from almost tears to cheering, and I was like. <laughs> Um, and then and then the final episode and the way it ends i'm just like is there more and so immediately after the episode ended was when i looked it up and found out that there in fact was a season six coming oh that's so good so like i said i don't know when season six will be released but if you're if you're a fan at all of this show I highly recommend it this, because these last eight episodes of season five were phenomenal. I really enjoyed them. Well, it is time for another Disney live action. This isn't a remake. This is a villain's tale. Like a Cruella. Prequel. Yeah. And I guess I'll just announce it and then. Yeah, go for it. Let Rob talk for 18 hours about uh, why he uh, hated it. <laughs> uh, this came out. Uh, May 28th, 2021. It is directed by Craig Gillespie. Uh, starring Emma Stone, Emma Thompson, Joel Fry, Paul Walter House, Mark Strong. Good in everything, by the way. Oh, my God. I've never seen a bad Mark Strong performance. No. Uh, uh, Kirby Howell-Baptiste, Kevin Novak, Emily Beecham, and John McRae. Uh, this is the story of... Uh, of uh, Cruella de Vil. It's a live-action prequel feature film filling a young Cruella de Vil. I, I asked my neighbor to come over and watch this because I got it on – it's film on Disney+. Plus. It's also available in the theaters. Did you see it in the theater or Disney+. Plus? I did. We went to the theater to see it Like because gotcha. everybody knows that I love going to the movies. So, yeah. I, so I did and Disney+. I actually Plus. went to the theater, and it was cheaper than buying it on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> well, I mean, I would have had to buy three tickets. So it's it was actually cheaper for Disney+, Plus for me. Hmm. I bought um, two, and it was cheaper in the theater. That that th- that third ticket is the uh, the cutoff there. Um, well, I, I, I actually invited my neighbor um, over, and he was like, I guess his daughter was having a sleepover party, mm-hmm. and he was like, you know, I, I think my daughter can handle it, but I think that our our friend's daughter, who's at the house, I think it, they would have a problem with me bringing a uh, their daughter to someone's house to watch a movie about puppy murder. Mm-hmm. I was like, fair yeah. enough, probably right. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, okay. Keep it short. What are your thoughts? Well, okay. So everyone knows my feelings on live-action remakes and and my feelings on the villain-centric movies. I believe we talked about that in one of our most recent episodes. I went into this movie wanting to judge this harsher. But as the movie went on, I found I really kind of enjoyed it. I, yeah, I... I get that they watered down the evil aspects of her character, um, you know, such as you know wanting to kill dogs for their strictly for their coats so that she could make a, a Dalmatian you know coat out of them. But they left just enough in there to establish that she was in fact a villain, even if she wasn't the villain for this movie, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought the two Emmas were amazing. They just absolute masterful performances from both of them emma thompson is great in just about everything she does and and i love emma stone i think she's adorable 
and Mark Strong being in this movie. I mean, he he is so amazing. He is great in everything he does. Yet he manages to not like steal scenes from people. He he blends in perfectly but stands out if that makes any sense. Yeah. You, and, when he's on the when he's on the screen, you want to see more of him. Like when he's not in scenes, but he's also adding to the scene, not taking away from the other characters doing stuff. Right. Right. He doesn't detract from the other actors who were on the screen who are supposed to be the feature. But you kind of always want to see more of him. He's just he's just so good. And overall, it, it, it was a fun movie. It, and like I said, it holds on to the fact that she is a villain. Um, it's got cute dogs in it. And by the way, I believe it's only the second live-action remake-slash-spinoff that got a PG-13 rating. The first, of course, being Mulan. Mm. That's interesting. So I I was also not super excited about this. I was going to kind of let it pass. Mm-hmm. Um, but the wife and child were very excited about this. In fact, like for the week up to it, my child was like, we can watch the movie. We can watch the movie. We can watch the movie. And I was like, <laughs> what movie? Like I didn't even, it didn't occur to me that that would be the movie he'd want to watch. Cause he has no idea about 101 Dalmatians. Really? Um, Nah, we have. I mean, he had a stuffed animal one that I bought at Kohl's because it was like donate five dollars to charity, children's mm-hmm. charities, and you get a stuffed animal mm-hmm. uh, made out of actual Dalmatian fur, which is a little dark. But, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, but you know, hey, children's charities. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, the, the, and then you know, they so we put it on. I was, I was building Legos behind the couch as I watched it, and. I, I got sucked in. I really liked it. The performances, as you said, Emma Stone was fantastic. The I really actually liked the way they did the the kind of good versus evil. You know, the, it's a thing they do mostly in movies where you kind of where the character chooses whether they want to be good or evil, and it's like a split personality thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they do it on Riverdale. They do it on this. There's, there's a, a million movies that do that. Um, so I like that aspect of it so it was it was like the evil was there and then she just finally decided at the end like i'm if i'm gonna survive out here i'm gonna lean into it i loved what that it was set in the early 70s kind of where the mm-hmm. the proper british stuff was about to be overrun by punk and the the style of like you know where she had the stuff spray painted on her face and all this like updated version it was it was really cool remind me a lot of uh that romeo and julia remake romeo and juliet remake they did in the 90s with uh, DiCaprio? DiCaprio yeah. and... Uh, Where everything was like way over the top. Claire Danes. And, yeah. Yeah, except that wasn't a good movie. No, it wasn't. But it just reminded me stylistically of that. Mm. I like the attempt, though. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. How how awesome were the were the costumes in this movie? Yeah. The, the, the flaming thing. The... Uh, all the of them The costume really designer good. did a lot of work in this. I think I saw that there were... Um, the designer created 177 different costumes and actually had like 54 of them for Cruella. The the ones that were in that like safe, like the mm-hmm. walk-in safe where they had them like lined up, like none of them sucked. Right. Like all of them were like palatable and like, you know, I've seen, and not that I'm a big fashion person, but like I've seen enough fashion shows to be like, you know, someone will walk out with a fucking box on their head and like, I don't know, caution tape around their nipples, and it'd be like, oh, the new look, oh, smashing, smashing. Caution. Like, <laughs> it's so daring. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, he's a genius. That's what no I would wear. No one would wear that. So Stop. That's fine. 
So, like, yeah, I thought all those were really good. The the soundtrack, I, I need a moment for the soundtrack. Like, go for it. It, it was holy shiznit. Um, I believe I I did copy this here. Let me find it. The yeah, soundtrack, the uh, what you pointed it out to me, and I looked it up, and it was just stunning. Like, it's yeah, so they're... good. <laughs> like, the soundtrack is amazing. Yeah, it's got, nice, like, Ike I... covering the stones and stuff. Yep. So it's got uh, some super tramps and BGs, because that's when it when it lands. Uh, five to one by the doors. Oh, so good. Uh, fire by Ohio, Ohio Players. Whole lot of love by Cantina Turner. But like... is it fire? Is it the Ohio Players? Is the cover of the Hendrix, or is it their own fire? Fire. Got it. Dun, dun, dun. Yep, that yep, one. yep. Got it. We just like got sued for a million dollars just because of my spot on impression. You of sounded the Ohio like players. a chorus of amazing singers. Yes. Uh, Stone Cold Crazy by Queen. You know, like uh, what else? Yeah, but you know, like you said, like I'm a I really like Tina Turner. I want to be your dog. Which was oh, I'm oh, getting to that, yeah. sir. Uh, I'm a, I really like Tina Turner. And I really like Led Zeppelin. And I had no clue that on Tina Turner's second solo album that she did Led Zeppelin covers. No clue. Yeah. And some music representative that did the music for this movie like knew that and blew my mind. So I went and looked it up. I'm like, wow, this is really good. Who is it? And I like did the sound thing. And it was like uh, Tina Turner from her album Acid Queen. No clue. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, uh, should I stay or should I go? Like you know, this is right in the thing. But and as Rob said, the um, the Iggy Pop, I want you to be your dog. Holy crap! Like the use of that song, and like the, I love when music sounds like the end of the world. When it sounds like the apocalypse, um, that opening sounds like the apocalypse. And I thought it was. I thought that sequence was awesome. Where you know she's, where they, basically interrupts a fashion show and is outside with like a full band <laughs> and a guitarist and stuff. So it was really good. And one, one little thing that I had seen that I haven't been able to verify cause I can't actually find it there. That scene for, I want to be your dog after the song is over. Emma Thompson's character turns to Mark Strong's and says, says something about the song and Mark Strong kind of looks out the window and has this, has this uh, wistful look on his face and says, I rather enjoyed it. And I saw somewhere that somebody said that made a reference to the movie Rock and Rolla, where Mark Strong actually played a character named Archie, who that song was playing on stage as he had like a giant revelation of some kind or a, a big moment for his character. And it was kind of a tongue in cheek reference to that. But I haven't been able to verify that it's actually that I Want to Be Your Dog is actually in Rock and Rolla. Like every time I look up the the um soundtrack it's not listed i'll have to see that movie i've never seen it rock and roll it's it's kind of fun i'll have to see i know there's a lot of other people that have referenced that movie in the past but so yeah i went from being like okay well you know do i really want to see this plus i there's a dalmatian that lives across the street from me that um i'm the only other person in the neighborhood other than its owners that it likes so that's kind of funny. every night I have to go outside and scratch its butt. So I was very <laughs> concerned. Does he reciprocate? Very, I don't get any butt scratches from uh, from Pixie the Dalmatian, but I, I'm, I'm rooting for you though. <laughs> someday, someday. <laughs> but so I was a little worried about the Dalmatians. 
Um, anything else you want to say about this, Rob? Just that you should go check it out. I mean, like like we've talked about in the past, I'm not a huge fan of watering down villains. And I feel like that's what Disney will have to do if they continue doing villain prequels. Um, I mean, I just can't imagine them making like Jafar or Scar sympathetic characters or, you know, just... It was the guy yeah. that burned down Paris? <laughs> yeah, or or Frollo, you know, giving him a prequel to make you understand why he's a, you know, homicidal lunatic. Um, I, I just don't feel that you need to do that and you need to justify why your villains are actually bad. It's okay to just have them be evil. I mean, you don't you don't need to to retell the story and, you know, make it okay to be a villain. No, it's yeah. they can now, be th- a this villain. one fine. this one added a twist in ge- not at the end, we'll talk about that in a second, but this one added a twist in just how they were telling the story, like different time periods, different things like mm-hmm. that, and it made it come to life. Like, they didn't try to do a straight-up remake. And I know it was a prequel and there's nothing to remake, but, like, a lot of the other ones, when they're just like, well, we're going to try to make it as close as possible to the original and just make it with real-life stuff. And it, you lose the passion, you lose the the animation and the the emotion, like you said, with the Lion King. So I think mm-hmm. this one did a really good job by having its own story to tell and setting it in a different time period that made sense. Right. But I'm also not a fan of revisionist history. So when you create a new movie to tell a story about a character but then change aspects of the original movie, I'm not a fan of that, like what they did with Maleficent. While I enjoyed Maleficent and enjoyed the movie, I did have some complaints about it. Um not least of which being that they were actually changing the story of Sleeping Beauty. Wait, did it did it change the story really? It it did, yes. I mean, I didn't catch that because I'm not that steeped in the in in the storytelling of it, but it it was a great movie. Like it was a, like a standalone. It was a good movie. Wait, you didn't finish the packet that Rob sets up for all new hosts that, <laughs> that you have to learn about the ins and outs. Where are your of every talking year? points? Oh my god. <laughs> But <laughs> I walk away in shame. Okay, I get it. That's fair. <laughs> Hang your head, sir. Hang your head. <laughs> I, I am. Yeah. Where's that little shame, shame? Uh... Yeah, we don't have any buttons that make noise. Oh shame my god. Oh. Shame. shame, shame. We all know shame. that. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm, I, that thing is sold out. I'm gonna buy one soon. But that's funny. Okay, <laughs> that's that. Now there, we. I did mention a twist. Uh, if you stay after the credits. And if you're, you know, this is spoiler time. If you didn't stay after the credits, uh, there is is a, an interesting little twist because there are Dalmatians in this movie, which I guess Mid-credit we didn't really scene. talk about. Yeah, so they're all Dalmatians. The the re- there is a reason why she hates Dalmatians. Kind of, it's a little weird because I because they did have to soften some stuff. The da- the Dalmatians uh, killed Cruella's mother, and she kind of takes them away from this other fashion designer. Mm-hmm. And trains them to basically listen to her. Mm-hmm. So you would think that she would realize, okay, it's not the Dalmatian's fault. But at the end, the Dalmatians go to two, two other people from the movie. And it turns out that those Dalmatians are, Rob. Pongo and Perdita. Yeah. And and see, that's, that's one of the things where I'm like... I. 
Because she spent the time training the Dalmatians. The Dalmatians listened to her, so they obviously like her. And, you know, she didn't really seem to have any animosity towards the Dalmatians. And for her to cultivate and, and you know, have these puppies and deliver these puppies to those who helped her, i.e. Anita Darling and Roger Darling, or actually it's, it's Anita something, or, well, I think they called her Anita Darling, but she wasn't married to Roger yet. Um... They, for her to have these puppies and then send them to the people who helped her out, I'm like, uh, it seems weird that now in 101 Dalmatians, she just wants to skin the dogs. It's like, you know, because she was, she was mesmerized by their coats in the original and it's not like she's never seen them now. I mean, she's, she's in fact grown them and. Mm -hmm. It's Anita Radcliffe. Oh, in the movie it's Radcliffe? It's Anita Radcliffe or Anita Dearly. In the, it's Anita Dearly in the live action movie, in the original movie. It's oh, uh, Anita oh, I bet what it was was she just called her Anita and then used the the um, Dearly, yeah. Well, the no the just the term darling for a woman. Ah, oh, Anita, darling. Oh, like uh, that, that makes you know? sense. Yeah. So, that, so are yeah, you saying okay, they so changed the story? Confusion. Quick question. Are, they, are you saying they changed the story here just like they did with Maleficent? No, no, because this, this story did not actually overlap. This was, this was 100% a prequel. Okay. But whereas in, Maleficent, in 101 Dalmatians, the people already had the dogs. It's not like there's correct. a scene where they went to a dog store and bought dogs. They, just, okay. they happened to, the two leads had the Dalmatians they met and so on and so forth. Right, that makes correct. Sense. Okay. In this, the two different people are given the Dalmatians by Cruella. Cruella. Corolla gives them the Dalmatians. And in the movie, if I'm not mistaken, she's struck, she's struck by how beautiful their fur is. Like, she'd never seen it before. And, oh, I have to have their fur for coats. And it seems but that's what I'm that saying. she is... That's what I'm saying about the change. Because you're saying in the movie, she, they were, she was struck by the coats of the Dalmatians. But now this prequel gives a uh, vendetta sort of aspect to it. Am I wrong? Am I, am I reading that wrong? It's it's up in the air. Yeah, it, it it affects it affects the motivation of the first movie, but it's not like this movie took place during the other movie and overrode it. It does right, put okay. some questions as to it puts some questions as to her motivation for the 101 Dalmatians movie. But I mean, I guess that's something. But that it doesn't address if they ever decide to do that. But they've already done a live action 101 Dalmatians, so I don't know that they ever will. Got it. Okay. Well, we got to close out here. And next week, we are going to talk about Megaforce, Megaforce, which is neither Mega, but it is kind of a force. Bit of a force. Yeah. 1983, 82, 19 early 80s movie. Uh, and we're going to talk about that. So check it out. We also have a fun question of the week that is also very 80s, and we are going to uh, do that. Uh, if you want to uh, contact us uh, you go to gimme5podcast.com you can also check us out on Facebook by searching for the Gimme 5 Podcast or search for Gimme 5 Pod at Twitter and Instagram I had some people commenting like real people that I actually know in real life commenting on some posts I made and it scared me because I thought that people knew what we were we were up to mm. and usually we try to keep the movie of the week secret except for our patrons and I forgot that I posted a thing from a museum uh, about Megaforce so that is, uh, <laughs> that is, and it was my boss, and I was like, uh, 
<laughs> did like there's did a we spy. let it slip? There's a spy. Yeah. Um. So you can of course help us out monetarily through the Patreon stuff, but also you can help us out uh, by leaving us a review and on whatever podcast provider you're using. That helps us quite a bit because it pushes us up the ranks. And we had a good month last night, month, guys. It was, oh, uh, did we? Yeah. Yay. I think we uh, had 200 or 300 more downloads than normal. Yay. Oh, excellent. You could also help us out by giving us better taste in movies. <laughs> that would be a huge help. <laughs> I'm literally I don't think that begging could be you. Sent to us. <laughs> uh, we also have a store. I showed the guys before we started recording that I ordered some stuff from the store. I got their stickers, there's, there's uh, hoodies, there's uh, t shirts, all that stuff. Check us out. That is gimme5podcast.threadless.com. Uh, and uh, yeah, so those are the ways you can help us. And as usual, Thank you for listening. That's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs>